Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Hashavu as we complete today Parak Arel and begin the next Parak as part of our journey through Meseches Yivamis. Uh, the 16th Prakim, I believe, in Meseches Yivamis. So, as far as Prakim, we're halfway there, more than halfway there as far as uh, Dapim. And I want to just end with a little bit uh, Agadita slash, I guess, Halacha slash Agadita at the end. Seems like a strange Gemara that ends this parak. Tanya, Amar Rabbi. Rabbi said, this is Rabbi. When I went to learn Torah with the great Rebbe Lezeb ben Shemua, the great Rebbe Yehuda was not welcome. His students joined forces against me like the uh, Tarnigolim, the chickens, the roosters of Base Bukya. These were known as very aggressive uh, roosters. Velohi nichuni, lumot. They didn't want me to come into the base Medrash. Eladavar echad b'mishnosenu. But one thing, they said no problem. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Rabbi Eliezer says, the one thing they let me uh, learn with, learn is that androgynous chayovin olav skila kizachar, that uh, males are liable to skila for having relations with an androgynous. Now, without getting into the technical issue of why this specific thing, they were happy with him and that he had the same conclusion as Rabbi Lezer ben Shemua, why would there be resistance to a Talmud Chacham coming into a base medrash, especially someone like Rabbi Yehuda? I didn't see this discussed. I even looked into the uh, notes in the art scroll. I didn't see it discussed. Maybe I missed something. But I did see it discussed in one of the great Achronim, Angomara, the Arach Lener, Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, who is a uh, German Rav, in the 19th century. He was born actually 1798, passed away 1871. He was a staunch opponent of the reform movement, and some of his students are very famous, maybe more famous than him, Rabbi Israel Hildesheimer, and the great Rabbi Samson Rafael Hirsch. And he has a parish on the Gemara, Amasechus Yuvamas, as well as other Masechus. And he says what's happening over here is that the Talmidim were concerned that Rabbi Yehuda would come in and disagree with their Rav, Rabbi Lezer ben Shemua. He generally had a different approach to interpreting when you have an S in a Pasuk, which is the whole way, if you remember back, how we got to this conclusion of androgynous being Asr to be with a Zachar, even if you don't treat an androgynous like a Zachar. And the question, of course, that the Arach raises, and he says, this is drash. Why would they be concerned? But they were very protective of their Rebbe. And he brings another example from a different Gemara. The bottom line is they were concerned that Rebbe either intentionally, or I would like to argue unintentionally, who was considered definitely on the street to be greater than Rebbe Lezer ben Shemua would come into the base medrash and embarrass their Rebbe. So you see people want to be protective of their own Rav. At the end of the day, they were wrong. They were wrong, and he was willing to discuss more than just this halacha where they would agree. 
he was coming to learn from Rebbe Lezer ben Shemua in general. This wasn't a Masechus Yavamas discussion. Even the greatest, someone like Rabbi Yehuda, was willing and saw the value of learning from someone else. I don't know if it was specifically his Talmud, but we know, of course, the halacha, it's brought down, codified in the Rambam, that you learn sometimes more from your Talmudim than from your Rebbeim. The greatest do not stay the greatest because they believe they're the greatest, but because of their humility of learning from everyone. Anyway, I wanted to say that this parak was a humbling parak. What we try to do in this parak was spell out many, many shas types of sugyas. I'm not going to do it on this daf because we're going to move ahead with the next parak, but I just want to point out just some things that are thrown in on the very top of Pei Dalet where we really could go. I could have given the whole share on that, on Kilayim. What exactly is Kilayim? Our most famous application of Kilayim today is shotness. But if you're out in the field, there's different types of Kilayim. The idea of Tamura, a beautiful idea of Tamura. Tamura is an idea that you designated a certain behema for carbon, and then you want to bring another behema. That other behema may be even more expensive, but your original designation is what stays. And there's actually a low sase involved for making this switch. You're able to make something holy, even if it's not the most expensive. And then you have to end up, the asse aspect is you have to end up bringing both. All these things slip into Mesechus Yivamos, and then we end with this, what I call, Halacha slash Agadita. And now we're going to move into the next parak, which is Perik Tishi of Mesechus Yivamos. Okay, the ninth parak, Yesh Mutaras Libalehen. We call this parak Yesh Mutaras. Uh, someone mentioned to me on Shabbos, one of our great uh, members who's hanging in there through the eighth parak. You know, I mentioned to a couple of people on Shabbos that uh, Dafyomi keeps knocking off Mesechdos. And you may feel a little bit stuck. You're here on Daf Pei Dalit. I'm very happy that the Daf Shavua guy sent out a Mazel Tov and finishing the eighth parak. But that's okay. We learn differently. Daf Yomi's great. This is great. Maybe that's what you should think about. Chazak, chazak, venis chazek. So hang in with Meseches Yuvamas. It's going to be worth it. Maybe Daf Yomi's going to finish Meseches Yuvamas before we do. I'm not sure of the calendar but I think Yavamas comes up pretty soon. But I want to tell you something to focus on this Tosfos, the very first Tosfos. Ask such a very basic question, because someone mentioned to me in Shul on Shabbos that Baruch Hashem, Daf Pei Dalid, sounds like Chazara. It's like review. Remember I pointed out, um, I think it was in last week's shir, how the Rambam tells you, if you know the first two Prakim, in Hilchos, in the halachos of um, relationships that are prohibited, you're basically going to be able to take that with you to review any time. So what's happening here in this parak? So Tosfos says, we have the Bali Tosfos talking about over here, Rebbe Yehuda ben Rebbe Yom Tov. I should check out exactly who he is, but I don't have that information for you. We have uh, someone who davens with us very often, Rebbe Kanafogel, who could probably help me out. I'll try to check it out. And he says, Derech Hatana, Halachas Hamasechta. 
that the Tana often of a Mishnah, of a Perik, after going through the Halachas of Masechta, Choser Vishona Osam, he reviews them, Belashon Katsar, in short version. So we're not going to have a total review of Masechus Yavamas in this Perik, in this Mishnah, but in order that they should be clear in your hands, and protected in the mouth, and this is my favorite expression, and in the heart, that we integrate these halachas into our emotional system. Now, why specifically with this parak? I didn't see anyone say this, but I think it's pretty obvious what Tosos is referring to, alluding to, because we had such a detour in Parikarel. It's true that we dealt with Yavama's issues, even when it came to the androgynous, but it's time to get back to Yavama's issues. And that's what's happening over here in this parak. Even, especially in this Mishnah, you know, we have a whole review. You remember we discussed back about how it's not going to apply. Generally, we say that an assay is more powerful than a los assay. Incredibly, you're going to see this Ramban. It comes up in Parshas Yisro. It may also be in Parshas Veschanan that when the Torah says Zachar before Shamar, why Zachar before Shamar in Aseris Hadibros? First, we have Zachar in Yisro and then Shamar in um, Parshas Veschanan because an Asay is more important than a Los Asay. And the Gemara over here has that Havamina, that even an Asay with the uh, Yavam, who's a Mamzer, should be Docha, the Los Asay of Mamzerus. The Ramban says over there that, counter to the way many people think, an Asay is more powerful than a Los Asay. We think on Shabbos that Los Asay is more important. The Ramban says it's not true. Obviously, from Bezdin, from Din, from punishment, you're going to get punished more for a los assay than for doing an assay, but or not doing an assay. We have a few exceptions with there's an isikaris for not doing an assay, like by carbon pesach, it ties into parika arel as well. But the idea of an assay dochelos assay, according to the Ramban, comes from this idea that a, an assay is actually more powerful. And the way the Ramban explains it, it's more powerful in your relationship with someone, with the Rebona Shalom, especially doing mitzvahs than not doing an Avera. I think it's true in the human realm as well. It's why we focus so much on positives. So this idea comes up again, and it's going to lead us to some of the other discussions that we have on this daf. At the end of the daf, the Gemara makes a statement that may seem a little bit uh, strange for us, because what possibly could be the Havamina differently? The Gemara says, nafka, Is it derived from here? Midrav Yehuda Amarav Nafka the Amarav Yehuda Amarav Isho Isha Adam. This is a pasuk in Bamid Barhe. That when it comes to uh, sin, achet hishva kasev isha leish lechol anoshin Torah, then the Torah equates a man and a woman regarding all the punishments. So why should there be a difference? This is true when it comes to uh, any low sase. 
It's true when it comes to Nasei as well, if there would be a punishment. So what seems to be happening over here is because we have a mitzvah sasei man grama possibility, where women are not chayev for certain mitzvahs, then maybe the havamina is that in the realm of din, we're going to have distinctions between men and women. It's not looking at mitzvah seishas man grama in a limited way, but mitzvah seishas man grama is just an example of how you end up where in the law in general, especially when it comes in what's been discussing over here, punishment, that we would look at things differently. So you need a special pasuk to tell us that it's the same. It's really an incredible uh, havamina. You know, we have today in the Ashkenazic world, when a woman chooses to do a mitzvah, she basically says the, the, the principle is that she says the same bracha as a man. So if a woman is going to do any of the mitzvahs, like a lulav, which is the easiest example, she's going to say a bracha as well, which seems to go at least logically counter to this whole idea that it's basically one system. And then the mitzvah say shizman grama is the exception. And that's why a woman could say, asher ki chanabim even though she wasn't specifically given the command. Um, Svarim do not say a mitzvah. Don't, don't say a bracha. On a mitzvah is man grama. I receive this question sometimes when you have a uh, Svarti woman who's marrying an Ashkenazi man. To what extent does she take on, you know, even privately if she's doing a little, shaking a lulav? She grew up her whole life not saying a bracha. Now her husband says a bracha. She says a bracha. So these are uh, practical questions. When you look in the postgim, you see that this uh, Havamina still lives on. The, I'll give you a few examples. The Rambam and Hilchus Mamrim, Perikei, Halacha Aleph, discusses uh, cursing a parent. So he says if a person uh, curses a parent, whether it's a man, woman, interesting here, that's why I'm mentioning it, brings up a tumtum or androgynous. So again, some reason... We would have this havamina that, based on the gender, there would be a different level of sin. The Radvaz says right over there, the Torah equates women to men for all punishments. That's the Yishish. The Kesav Mishnah says includes a daughter, Tumtum and Androgynous, if you look at the sugi of cursing. When it comes to um, Shulchan Aruch and Yerdea, 241.1, a man or a woman who curses his or her father or mother even after their death. And the Ramah reinforces that with a slightly different halacha. Now again, maybe there could be a havamina if the woman is married, so then maybe she's not responsible. But that is going to end up being rejected. Um, we're not going to say uh, it's the husband's fault. Everyone's responsible for their own actions, has to bring their own carbonos, etc. There's a very important statement on Daf on Ahmed Bays. And this statement really, I don't know if we've ever discussed it uh, straight out, it's been implied. Lohus Huru Kesherus Lehinasi Lipsulan which literally means the prohibition of marrying Psulin only applies to a Kohen, but not to a Kohenis. 
So we know we have all these categories of people that a Kohen can't marry. A Kalala. Right? If you look into the 19th uh, parak of Hilchas Yisurei Bia, this would be the place where it's in the Rambam. Ezohi Chalula, Ezoshinolda, Meisur Kahuna. V'chein achas menanashim asiros l'kahuna, shnevala l'koin is Chalula. So a Kohen can marry these people. A Grusha. It says in the same parak, Tesvav, Kohanim, Levim, Yisraelim, Mutar, Levo, Zebazah, Vavlad, Halech, Acha, Hazachar. This all leads us to a very important halacha in the Rambam, Yisurei, Bia, Yutes, Yud Aleph. Kohen, Zachar, Shehu, Asr, Lisa, Zona, Vachalala, Asr, Begiyara, Sumishachurera, Shehi, Kizona, Kavosha, Be'arno. Discusses the prohibitions of who a Kohen, Zachar, can marry. Can't marry a Zona. We defined it earlier, a Chalala. Can't marry a Gioris. It's one of the things we tell a Gioris before converting. Avoha Kohenes, if you are a daughter of a Kohen, that's what it means over here, by a Kohenes. If you are the daughter of a Kohen, a Kohenes, Mutaras Lihinase, you can marry a Chalal Ger, Meshukhra, Shalohus Haro, straight out of our Gemara. The Pasuk is Shinema Bene Aaron, Volobinos Aaron. Nimsa Hager Mutar, Lisa Mamzeres, Felisa Kohenes. So, Hager, which is separate, but it's also in our Gemara, could basically marry anyone. Now, this leads to a discussion in the Shulchan Aruch in two places. The easy discussion is in Isha Simon Zion Siv Chaf Beis. This is Shulchan Aruch Evan Ezer. Hakohenes muteres li nasi lechalov lager v'lemeshucharar shalohus haro kasheres lehi nasi lepsulei kahuna. Straight out of our Gemara, quotes the pasuk vayikra chaf aleph aleph shenemar bnei aron v'lo bnos aron. When you get into the Evan Ezer period of Arivia Simon Beis. Here the Shulchan Aruch is discussing Yichus. And it uses this Pasuk to say, Since we're really not concerned about the status of the woman, even if she is a Kohenes, so then you don't, it's a straight line from the Gemara. Shalohu suru kasheris linase lipsulim. But that could bring to problems. And that's what the Chalkas Machokek said. The Chalkas Machokek, very, very important parish on the Shulchan Aruch here, Evan Ezer. The Chalkas Machokek, I don't know if we ever quoted him, so we'll quote him now. Very brief biography, Ramosha ben Yitzchak, Yehuda Lima, was uh, born in Lithuania, beginning of the 17th century, was important Rav. In fact, he was appointed to the Rabbanus by the Shach, the Shab Saikoin, in Vilna. And he was a, remember, a member of uh, Reb Moshe's Bezdin. Pretty big wigs we're talking about. And he says, don't take this statement to the extreme that we're not going to check Ayichus. Shalohu Zuru Kasheris Kalomar Me'acha Shalohu Chmira Alei and Torah Vipsulei Kahuna Gam Rabban Alohu Chmira Alei and Livdok Pedikas Doros. That is true. 
that if on a derisa level we're going to be more lenient, so on a drabanan level also we're not going to be strict. But you need a basic badika. We have to make sure this woman is Jewish and there's no other issues. And that's what you see. He starts quoting from some other Makairos, including from the Rishonim, from the Ran, that you would have to check out to make sure that she's not a Mamzeris. Have a great week of learning. We covered a lot today.